All right. So, hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Unapologetically Black, Never Broken, Always Empowered. I am Brittany. I am joined by my co-host, DeAndre. What's up? And our guest this evening will be Cam and Kiki. I don't even know if Cam's considered a guest at this point. He's uh, I've been like, like, I've been like, <laughs> like an honorary co-host. <laughs> Pretty much an honorary member. He's like exactly. my mentor Wu-Tang. At this point, it's kind of like when you have a guest at your house, you're like, no, you can go get that drink yourself. Like you thought I was going <laughs> to get it. But it's Kiki's first time joining us. So thank you for joining us, love. Um, Shaq has finals today. So we're wishing him the best of luck. We know he's got this. Um, it's end of the semester. So you you push through. We have faith in you. <laughs> um, so yeah, first things first, a mental health check-in. How was your week? How how you feeling? What's going on? Um, I've been having a pretty bad week, to be honest, because I haven't been able to sleep properly to the point where I had to call off yesterday. Not yesterday, but Sunday. Cause like I had a total of like six hours of sleep between Thursday to to Saturday, mm, and I know when I'm wow. sleep deprived, my temper gets real bad. So I had to take a mental health day, but right now I'm doing uh, I'm doing a lot better. Awesome! I'm glad you're feeling better. I, for me, this week was a little. Um, it was. I mean. <laughs> It was kind of a continuation of last week in which it still wasn't the best, but things are getting resolved this week, which is good. Um, it's just now it's my anxiety of having to go through what I need to go through to get, get it done. So <laughs> it's pushing through that. So um, this week's a little bit better. I did um, some exciting news and I actually need to pull it up, but I did have time to set up um, merch for the podcast, which I'm super excited about. I was just kind of playing around with it. <laughs> I dropped the link in the chat. I Hopefully you can click on it. If not, I'll link it on the page and whatnot. Um, but super cute. There's water bottles and stickers and t-shirts. <laughs> like, I just, I went crazy, but it exists and I'm excited about that. And yeah, now my mind's going to be moving endlessly about that. So thank you for that. I need to, <laughs> <laughs> I need to actually um, get a water bottle because I'm always drinking out of my Jasmine cup. So I'm going to No, that's the it. best thing to drink out of. It tastes better drinking out of those for some <laughs> odd reason. I don't know. It tastes better. <laughs> I have to. I have to drink water out of a straw. Like I'm, I'm weird. Like what? I don't water, can't drink it out of a cup. No, specifically water. I can drink juice out of anything. But like water, it has to be like in a cup with a straw. <laughs> with a straw. Mm-hmm. Or like or you won't do it or you just have a, it, a I won't drink as much. Like I'll do it, but like I'll only finish a couple like cups of water when I can drink right. like three of these and that's like nine cups of water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um so um, let's start with Cam. Since we had you last week, we can get a continuation of how your week's been. Um, actually, it's the funny thing you were saying, continuation. This was the, I'm going to call it the grand finale of last week. <laughs> so <laughs> everything, or a grand finale of all my issues for the past year. So hopefully nothing else happens and we can go into 2022 with a fresh slate. I, I really flipping over my words there. Yeah, 
Yeah. And Kiki, love, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and then how you're feeling, what you've been up to. Um, I'm Kiki. Um, 25 and as probably a few of you already know I have a five-year-old a tornado (laughs) I have a five-year-old tornado um um I'm pretty I'm pretty laid back pretty chill I don't I that's really what I just be doing I just be chilling and Whatever else y'all want to know. I mean, questions. I take questions, you know. I take questions. (laughs) (laughs) You're fine. How have you been, though? How's your week going? How's your mental health? Um, Actually, my week's been going, as of today, my week's been going very well. I am not going to lie. Last week, I was just like, I'm so tired of this week. (laughs) I was like, I'm so tired of this week. Can we just get this week over with but as of today this week is going by really good my mental health meditation prayer so it's been getting back up to par so my mental health is pretty much I'm pretty pretty happy pretty good just hey that's good (laughs) (laughs) um so this is week two in our mental health month so um let me just start by saying that we strive to make this podcast and this space, a safe space for everyone. Um, I will say after talking to some of my friends after last week, I will say trigger warning because we do talk about some deep shit and we kind of just jump into it. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> that is a good <laughs> I mean, I apologize about, but you know, that's, that's what we're talking about. Like the truth doesn't take into account people's feelings, but I will, you know, let people know that trigger warning we, we're we're going to talk about some shit and we're going to talk about it raw. And um, I know after last week, yes, unfiltered. And I know after last week, we um, kind of decompressed afterwards that it felt like it felt good. It felt good to just share your story and have um, an open conversation. So um, with that being said, our topic today is going to be PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. It is when I originally told my sister about it earlier, she's like, what's the topic? And I was like, PTSD. And she's like, oh, you should have Jamal on there. And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to stay away from like military related um, just because that's the automatic association. Yeah. And no one else realizes how it affects regular people every day um, and how that affects someone's mood, how it changes just who they are. And can send them into a depression or um, just make them, they're just different. (laughs) And people don't believe that you can actually suffer from that, anything outside of going to war. So um, I wanted to spotlight all the different traumatic experiences that can cause it every day. So that is our topic of the day. (laughs) So I guess we can kind of... um, Actually, I wanted to start off a little different. I was on TikTok because, you know, I like to go (laughs) down my random TikTok holes. (laughs) And it was basically like, if you can answer yes to five of these, um, you probably have PTSD. So I'm going to ask questions. We can kind of do like the drop the finger, interact with the people in the audience, however it goes. Um, So... The first question is, do you ever get vivid flashbacks of your trauma? So I, that's a yes for me. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you ever feel like you have a wall in your brain that blocks out negative emotions? Blocks out negative emotions? Yes. Yes. Mm. Uh -uh. I, I'm in between on that one. I'm neutral. <laughs> I definitely feel like I have a wall, but I don't know if it's specifically for negative emotions. I like... <laughs> I realized that the, the more negative things need to be triggered in my memories. But um, so I guess. So are we yes. talking like a wall yes. and like suppression or just like a wall in general? I think both apply. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I, yeah, I, that's why I say neutral because it's like sometimes I do and then sometimes I just let it in. It's, yeah. it's like a neutral thing. Mm -hmm. It's a revolving door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's two down for me regardless. Okay. Um, do you have a hard time remembering details about your past? That's a yes for me. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, are you or do you have a frequent history of insomnia or disturbed sleep? Yes. Yeah. In a sense, yes. Sir, six six hours. <laughs> That's also work related, so I understand. Um, <laughs> do you panic when you're reminded of the trauma? Uh -uh. I don't think I do any. I don't anymore. But I have. Um, I. Mm, I don't know because I. Mm, no, actually, no. No. <laughs> Final <laughs> answer. <laughs> Well, I just got smacked with all five, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have your answer. Um, just a couple more. Um, are you easily irritable? I mean, be. I think I'm a Gemini. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think my mood changes. I don't know if I'm easily irritable, per se. My son's a Gemini, so I'm... I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Do you have nightmares about you or others getting hurt? Yes. I used to. Yeah. I used to. Not anymore, but I used to, yeah. Do you have an extreme sense of alertness? Yes. Do you keep busy to keep your brain from thinking about trauma? Yes, absolutely. Most definitely. And do you feel like you have a cloud in your head? Have a who? A cloud mm -hmm. in your head. Elaborate. Sometimes, not all the time, but yeah. You know, I would love to elaborate, but these aren't my goals. <laughs> Possibly like a, brain like, that's like a brain fog almost. Yeah, like a brain fog. Just kind of like you're living in, in like a, a bubble, I guess. Oh, yeah, yes. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. All right. So Sasha actually had a comment where she wanted to go back to the wall discussion. Um, so do you ever feel like you have a wall in your brain that blocks out negative emotions and if disassociation counts? I honestly feel like disassociation and having a wall up is is kind of one and the same. I mean, you are kind of pulling away from it, but you're also creating that wall so that you can't you know, slip back into those memories. So personally, I feel like they that's why I said they both count. Okay, but. well, in that case, that would count for me because I definitely do that in particular situations. Yeah. Yeah, it depends oh. on the situation. 
It's a very situational. For sure. But I mean, you know, that's how your brain works. It takes it takes everything and sorts it <laughs> accordingly. <laughs> all right. So after going through that, I think it's safe to say that we've all suffered from PTSD, according to those questions and just those questions alone. Mm -hmm. um, I have my degree, but I do not practice <laughs> in, in psychology. So. <laughs> I'm not diagnosing anyone, but um, we are all here because it is it is a subject that hits close to home for us. So I would like to just kind of talk about what PTSD means to you, how it has affected you, um, what has happened in order for for you to feel, you know, that like you've had PTSD or I'm stumbling. So go ahead. <laughs> DeAndre, if you'd like to start. Um I think my job in general is what kind of helped develop a form of PTSD and essentially my dissociation. Well, mm -hmm. I'd say that and uh basically like losing people in a sense, like losing connections because of um various foster kids going in and out of my life. And uh, losing relatives via death. So mentally, I would disassociate, and um, I, I would view. I wouldn't mourn a death. Like I don't mourn the dead. I celebrate them as they were. So I guess you could say that's me disassociating and building a wall from the negative emotions of viewing somebody as dead and gone. And I view them as just losing the physical form, and celebrating their connections that they formed while they were alive. And my job, I say, contributes to that because the culinary world is nothing more than a humongous stress bomb. That's why there's it's the highest concentration of addicts and suicides, because it's nothing but stress and anger and frustration. Yeah, um, I, I haven't spent much time like in the restaurant industry. I've kind of popped in and out more on the fast food Good. Type aside. <laughs> but um, no, I get it though, because when I have worked anywhere <clears throat> in the service industry, it's always like, let's go to the bar after work or, you know, be drunk at work <laughs> in a lot of occasions. So I get it. That's It's a tough um, environment to be in. For me, as far as PTSD goes, I it's been probably about 11 years at this point, but um, I was molested at work by a coworker. And um, it was it was right before I was supposed to clock into my shift and we were all kind of hanging out. It was me and like three guys. And I was gonna go get ready, like go change and get ready to clock in. And he followed me into the bathroom. And like, he was a bigger guy, I'm five two. So he would, might've been like six feet. Um, just a general, like, larger guy. And I didn't, like, lock the door. He didn't lock the door or anything, but he kind of, like, stood between me and the door um, and put me up on the sink. And I was kind of, like, kicking and trying to get to the door, but he obviously was much stronger than me and um, tried to put his hands down my shirt. And I finally was able to, like, get the door open and get out of the bathroom and then went to a manager and everything from there you know, got essentially resolved. But for me, my PTSD came in in like 
being afraid and like hyper vigilant of like anybody of that stature with dreads, which is literally like 75% of DC. So like always kind of being jumpy and being like afraid to take um, public transportation, which is my only way of getting around at that time. Um, and it, it just, it took a little while to kind of get out of that depressive state and it didn't help with um, going to court for it, their press charges, and like the victim blaming in it. So like one of the things that kind of brought back up the trauma was the lawyer was like, well, why didn't you scream? And I'm not going to hold you. <laughs> I have a very um, deeper regimen and voice and I, I don't scream in general. Like it's just not, but like for that to just be like, a, well, you should have done this or you should have done more. Like, why didn't you so it was just one of those things where it's just like, it's traumatic. <laughs> and that's that's what PTSD is. It's just an experience in your life that haunts you for much longer than than anything should or you should allow anything to. Um, so that's really how it has hit home for me. Um, there's also been other, you know, smaller in, in comparison occurrences of like, just bad relationships and like carrying that baggage into another relationship is also a form of PTSD. So taking all of that trauma and carrying it in and blaming someone else who had just nothing to do with it is also um, a form of that. So I feel like people experience it every day and they don't realize it or people don't realize that that is what is causing issues in their relationships yeah or just in their life or in changes in their personality or the people around them don't believe that's why like oh i know someone who's been through worse and they're fine it's like well i'm not so <laughs> yeah, so I yeah i understand how you feel on that end because i noticed um when I, I got finished being homeless like completely i had noticed a major change in my personality yeah. Well, um, it that Brett, that's <laughs> I mean, me and you, we kind of similar on there. So, um, uh, well, there was a situation. I mean, it was a situation. Um, of a male, you know, he was, um, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't really see a person for who they are when you first meet them. Of course, you yeah. kind of have a veil over your eyes. You kind of don't, you don't see these, <clears throat> you don't see these red flags. You're looking out through rose tinted glasses. Always. I mean, and then you can always, they're good at and hiding the shit for a little bit. Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. And, you, and then when they pop out, you're like, well, yeah. hold on. like Honeymoon phase over. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> you just be like, who is this? Like, yeah. um, But um, he caused uh, mental abuse, emotional abuse, mm -hmm. physical abuse. Um, pretty much all types of abuse, not only to me, but, you know, to my baby. So that right there, you know, it, 
it stayed it played over and over and again on my mind when I finally got out the situation. It played over it played over and over and over again because I'm like I just kept thinking why why didn't I why didn't I go? Why didn't I go? And I or had like, to go to therapy. anything before then and exactly. And I had to go to therapy. I had to go to therapy and counseling because they were explaining to me like you were in, he put you in a mind control state to where it mm-hmm. was like, you know, you wanted to go, but it was like something just wouldn't allow you to leave. And I was like, that sounds stupid to me. Like, yeah. you know, the person that comes out of the counseling therapy is like, that's stupid. No, no. But then I thought about it and I was like, dang, you know, it kind of was like that. But I mean, it, it, it got to be some very intense things. It got to the point to where my car keys were taken, my phone was taken, threats. Like it was a lot. And the PTSD, it mean, that's why I said my, the nightmares started to go away. Mm-hmm. So the nightmares are just now starting to go away. Um, oh. And honestly, just, they're starting to go away. And honestly, I'm, I mean, I'm with somebody now that is completely understands the situation, understands what I went through and doesn't like to, you know, you know, it doesn't do anything to trigger that or right. anything that would look like that. You know, so, I mean, PTSD, man, the nightmares and then you'll just be sitting up and randomly I get a flashback and I'm like, oh, God, like, yeah, I could be anywhere and just get a flashback and be like, uh like it just comes out of nowhere but i you know pray i meditate you know so i could push through it and most of all just being stronger because you know not only did i go through it but my baby went through it so i have to be strong for him in order to bring him you know make sure his mind space is in the right right because he went through it so young so it's like you can't even verbalize exactly so it's just like I just put more love into him as much love as I can mm-hmm. and, you know, just love him past what he had to see, what he had to go through. And I must say it's working because yeah, he, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a big, he's a big, he's a big cuddle bear. He's a big love bear. loves his TTs, loves his mommy. He just, he's just a big cuddle bear. But let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've noticed all, it seems like all the victims of abusers are all empathetic in some sense. And I, yeah. I realize that's what keeps you in that abusive cycle is this inherent need to try and fix it. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I can still care for this person. Maybe I can get this person to change. There's no way they would do this to somebody like me as much mm-hmm. as I'm trying to help them. And it never really clicks that they don't care about you. Exactly. I also feel like it's that empathy, honestly, as part of what they're looking for to carry on you. Abusers and narcissists hunt that. Yeah. And then they just, they chip away at your... Yeah. They chip away at your identity. They chip away at your confidence. And you, yeah, you are stuck. You're stuck until, until something fucking clicks and you get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. However long that takes. Until your empathy <laughs> runs out. But it didn't that's take that long. <laughs> until, 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 until you're, you're like, like, no longer no empathetic for them, that's when you're going to remain stuck. Yeah. 
for sure. And that and trust me, ain't no ain't no ain't no nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. I'm empty. I'm on E. Wait, <laughs> like, I'm mm -mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Cam. <laughs> um well, there's a lot of growing up there and on multiple aspects, school, home, a lot of emotional and physical abuse and consistent abandonment have led to making all that worse. I will say that the nightmares involving the physical and, um, physical and emotional had stopped about several months ago, but I still have these occasional recurrent nightmares of me losing certain people that I consider myself very close to. And like, it, it's like in a drastic sense, like something will happen and it's just like, they're gone. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, just get, I get very anxious, very anxious when it comes to losing somebody like that or doing something that will cause them to leave in that way. I um I actually literally just had a nightmare the other day about like being in a car accident and like nobody died but for the last two days I've been so sore because I've felt all of that in my body from that dream, which is crazy because I literally do nothing. If you ask Jamal, like he will tell you like you have no just, reason to be sore. <laughs> it's just that fact that sometimes things that are in your dreams can get like you know, yeah. get carried back into the physical. Like, it, it, cause <laughs> what? You be fighting in your sleep and wake up and you be like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> you don't know what's going on because you're just like, I was just sleep. Like, that's it. Exactly. But, but it I'm does. Like, like, can you give me a massage? She's like, for what? <laughs> <laughs> for what? That's exact. For what? Do <laughs> Exactly. That is for sure how. <laughs> but for what? But like certain traumas can really like when you dream about it, you can actually feel it within your physical. Yeah, you essentially manifest it. Oof. For sure, it's heavy. <laughs> like it'd be like I all my life I had to fight, <laughs> even in my sleep. <laughs> exactly. No breaks. Freaking Freddy Krueger. <laughs> That's literally what I was thinking about. <laughs> um, so my question, um, so personal trauma aside, do you guys believe that Black people um, in general, but also probably comparatively to other races, um, live with PTSD every day? Like, and what would be the causes of just like generic black PTSD. Police and yes. Yeah. Because we all have an inherent reaction of if we see so much as a police uniform, car, or badge, we will change up our entire uh, movements like that. Mm -hmm. For sure. I um. So I'm all my mm -hmm. life, <laughs> like all of my my. I guess since I was 16 and driving, right? Anytime I've ever come across a police officer, it's been plenty of times. I've gotten speeding tickets and all of that. Like I burst out into tears, like just from the beginning, like just from the moment they like come to mind. It's not for pity. It's out of like 
fear. <laughs> like, it's like, oh my God, like what's going to happen? And that was even before, like, you know, not, not racial, <laughs> not like racial injustice or like police related brutality, but it was before it was heavily televised. Before it was on body cams, before it was on Facebook. Right. Um, so like now having that in your, in your face, like trauma can happen from just secondhand. You know what I mean? You can right. experience trauma from having to see those videos all the time. <laughs> it gets exhausting. Um, and the frequency can also make things worse. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like for me, I know like when George Floyd was killed, I literally had nightmares of hearing his voice calling out for his mother. Like that literally had, you know, essentially nothing to do with me, but like the trauma of that. Um, Just the possibility of that being one of your kids. Exactly. Exactly. And like, you know, Kiki, you also have a son, like as the mother of two boys, like, having to raise my children through this exactly like i I don't have i mean you know obviously racism's been around for a while and our our parents raised us through it their parents raised them through it probably even you know more or what am i trying to say like closer to like segregation still (laughs) would be like our grandparents you know what i mean like yeah it's not that far off so like but just the blatant outright like trump supporter go kill a, a nigger type of, like movement because to this day heavy. to this day if my grandma was alive that woman would say i don't support y'all i support mm-hmm. us <laughs> she would say it because my grandpa is half he was half white like his mother's white and they were crackers i mean <laughs> and hunkies like that was like how i was raised like and that was i was like that's your mother <laughs> hey, look man I, it just dawned on me like my grandma was a year younger i think a year younger or a year older than emmett till and she was in the the mindset of like she was understanding towards some white people but if they move just a little bit shifty she's like nah i don't trust them (laughs) (laughs) like not at all yeah um touch on what kendall said he said family and relationship trauma is something that we're constantly told to bottle up and that's absolutely true i feel like um i feel like that's in general right like Mm -hmm. just in general, but I feel like in the black community, for sure, it's definitely something that we're we're constantly having to hide or cover or not talk about. Um, so I completely agree with that, and I think that's another way that black people just experience, like, go through life, like, with PTSD, essentially. You know, go through life on high alert. We're looked at as being guilty or having ha- hiding something when the police pull up, and it's like, no, I'm I'm having anxiety. <laughs> like, so that's like, the way we um we disassociate. That's what I said last episode. We're masters of avoidance, right? And also, let me kind of want to kind of circle back to what, how we were saying about the um secondhand PTSD and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Actually, I kind of had a after the shooting started kicking up, and also I had found out that a lot of my family were Trump supporters that was very scary in itself because they didn't even have any make any type of moves like that 
but it was just that after seeing everything, it just immediately put everything on 10, like alert, like super alert towards everything, including them. Yeah. See, in a sense, I would say I experienced that because my, um, my younger cousin was molested a couple years ago. And, um, all I'm thinking is, damn, if I was there, I could have stopped that. But I was in school at the time. Mm-hmm. My grandma just happened to pick me up and be telling me about that. And then fast forward a few years later, I'm always looking at my little sisters like, if I hear one of their boyfriends doing that, I'm immediately thinking, like, I'm okay with killing somebody over that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with every, with no, I have no no regret that's that's constantly running through my mind like that is the only time where i'll I'll be fine doing it and like i wouldn't even think twice about it smile if anybody anybody did anything to my little sister like that i don't i I don't care what how i'm taking but typically am no question there no no regret no regret either definitely for sure uh yeah Um, no, I 100% agree. That's that shit. And a lot of times people get away with it. Like, yeah, just get away with it. Because either nobody speaks up or nobody believes them. Or they're bullied in the silence as well, just as kind of like a side effect of nobody believing them. Yeah. Yeah. It's more so of the nobody believing them. That part. Yeah. I believe, baby, I believe you. Who did it? I believe you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I know um, earlier uh, Sasha had mentioned, and I didn't, I didn't put it up because we were all kind of telling our stories, but um, I'm going to pop it up there. Um, But basically she said she had something similar happen in which her mother, you know, called her a whore, accused her of being the mistress and how that affected her. And I do feel like, unfortunately, a lot of times that happens where your your family doesn't believe what you're saying and they're yes. there's and they know what kind of person but they they'd rather deny it and live in whatever i honestly can't even tell you what it is because i've never been on that side of it <laughs> right <laughs> or the, the worst thing with that too is also the them knowing that it's wrong mm-hmm. but telling you to your face that they will not and they will not admit or come out and say anything if you did speak to somebody else about it. Yeah. Like pretty much they just say like, Oh, I don't know nothing. Exactly. They won't support you in it. Mm-hmm. Um, or be, you know, like if it came down to like a court of law type situation, they won't, they, they ain't showing up. They right. won't be a witness. So it makes, it makes that fight harder. And I feel mm-hmm. like that victim fight is, is always happening. Um, yeah. I feel like the victim fight's always happening in so many different situations that it, it makes it it makes you just want to give up. <laughs> and that's the hard part. Is that it's just it makes you wanna just say fuck it. And that it doesn't even necessarily have to be in a suicidal way, just in a way where you're like, I don't wanna do this fight anymore. So. You feel unhurt. Exactly. Exactly. Ugh. Sorry, guys, I've been emotional this evening. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this whole like set has this whole series has just been emotional right off the right out of the gate, to be honest with you. Yeah. 
it, it's it's heavy. That's a good thing. <laughs> it, it, is, it is a good thing. It is a good thing. Yeah, it allows you to let it all out. Yeah. Does anyone have any other kind of like secondhand trauma or just general black PTSD that most people or a lot of people? Um, I constantly fear my little brother going out in a hoodie. Yeah. Between Trayvon and, and Tamir Rice and everything else, like I'm consistently worried about him. Yeah. I um luckily my children are still young, but <clears throat> like you said, Tamir Rice was young. <laughs> so it's like it, it's not even like you have to get to an age where you're actually a threat. Yeah. Uh, the boy was only twelve. He's fourteen yeah. now. Yeah. I get that. I, I can't even imagine how I'm going to feel like when Julian and Ryan are any older. Like I I'm enjoying them while they're young and it's all cuddles and kisses. <laughs> like this is, I this enjoy is all it I, I have the fullest. mental capacity for right now. <laughs> like to the fullest. Enjoy exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. Whew. So yeah, I completely agree, and I I do I do think that just being black comes along with, um, I mean, with systemic racism, with just the long term effects of slavery, the PTSD of slavery, because that's what this is and what our our culture is experiencing. Um, like it just you live with it every day, whether you actually go through an experience, which life is always going to throw you some shit. Like, I don't know anyone who's just been floating. It <laughs> like, just um, snowballs, pretty much. Right. But it's it's kind of like you're already stressed with day-to-day -day interactions. And then you get hit over the head with some extra shit. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, let me see. I think the other important thing to remember when it comes to PTSD is that it doesn't always happen immediately after the event. And um, being able to recognize that some of the emotions you're having. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm going to pop that up. Like some of the emotions that you're having after, well after the fact, are still in relation to something that occurred. Um, and I think the other important thing is when you have people in your life that you see are going through some things, like to make sure you check in with them, because I think a lot of times people ignore it or ignore, you know, the aftermath. You're there when it happens, but it's the aftermath that people mm -hmm. still need like support through and they don't know how to express it because no one necessarily believes you know that that's what you're going through mm -hmm. um i put the comment up on the screen from sasha that says that we're not even talking about the same police killings and disappearances that are happening to black girls and women that are barely reported or anything and that's absolutely true like black women are disappearing every day <laughs> and that's not on the news because you know you know I, we're just not we're not as important <laughs> And I actually think too that's like I kind of have secondhand from that because my sister's 14 years younger than me, so I pretty much helped raise her like when she was a baby, pretty 
uh, of Darius, no, pretty much she was a baby. And I sometimes have this fear that some if something happens to her, she's going to end up getting kidnapped, then I don't know what I would do. I'm pretty yeah. sure at that point I'd already be like going like every which way trying to find her. And then if I get hands on whoever took her, you get yeah. one <laughs> And I mean, uh, just even aside from like kidnapping and uh, there's sex trafficking and then there's um, the fact that black women are actually being harvested for their organs. Yeah, um, for the their organs. uterus, their everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, uh, that's a major thing. Like not being able to go out, being a woman in general and not being able to go out now at after 5 p.m. it's scary Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's like um that extra layer on top of everything is yeah and i'm just i'm not the type of person i'm not a fighter i'm not not that i can't defend myself but i'm just not um, yeah i i know what I'm capable of. <laughs> and so, if, so, if someone who is so much, you know, larger than they're going to be able to, I mean, mm-hmm. don't let me say that too loud because Jamal's going to be like, all right, tonight we're going to do self defense one on one. Like, we work it out tonight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But um, it's the reality of the situation. And I try to be as cautious as I can. And I'm always, um, I used to before I tried to take it into a building I couldn't. I had like the, I think it was the airport actually. Like the cat um, keychain. I don't know if you've seen it, but you like put your fingers through the eyes and then it has like ears and you like hold it and you put your keys in your hand. So it's kind of like a, like nunchucks or, but with like like a sharp edge. Isn't it like like basically a sharp knuckle duster almost? Yeah, but it looks like a cat keychain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks, like, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, so I, I used to, to have see. like, <laughs> I, I, I could probably pull a picture up to be honest. If you guys keep talking, I can pull up a picture. It's a lot of stuff that's going on, it's a lot of things that's going on in the world that's been going on in the world, and it's just not me. easy. It's so scary. Mm-hmm. It, ca- it it really does cause it causes PTSD, it causes trauma, it causes a lot of things like and it's 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 a lot within the black community, honestly, it is. And it's it's sad because it's not our fault. That's the thing. It's not our fault. It just it's, it's crazy to me though. It's yeah. really crazy. I agree. I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out how to share my screen. Okay. All right, cool. You guys see this? So this is what it looks like. Oh, shit. Oh, that's nice. I want one. Yeah. And like, I mean, honestly, $9 is on like the semi-pricier side for them. They're not expensive, but you just like slip your fingers into the eyes and then like hold your keys in your hand. And yeah. I want, yeah. $9. Nine dollars. Here I come. Here I come. Nine dollars. <laughs> <laughs> what look? What website is that? Like, oh, girl, I just googled it. They everywhere. <laughs> they on Google? Etsy. They're on, well. That's a lot. Let me remove this now. Okay. Well, yeah, I also have kind of noticed when it comes like PTSD in general, they there is a lot of forced silence to cut like to keep the military in the forefront. 
anything yes. else, it'll just easily just get dis like rubbed off as like, oh, you're just being emotional. You're just being this. You're just being that. Get but over just, it. <laughs> yeah, get get over it. But then when it comes to like the military aspect, it's just like all the attention's there, and then everything else is just brushed under the rug. I agree. I feel like a lot of times if you say that you've been diagnosed or you're having symptoms of PTSD, the first thing is like, well, from what? Like, you weren't in the military. And it's like, I mean, so from what is one question, but even still, what you're asking me to do is recount something traumatic (laughs) that is going to, like, run me through a series of emotions Mm -hmm. while forget the story later. Like, while you sit up here and go about your day and forget all about what I just said, and I just went through so much. Like, I need to go take a nap now. My body is exhausted. I have gone You're through dreading. a lot of emotions. Exactly. You just relived the most traumatic, you know, moment in your life. Because but if it's not military, then it's not. If it's exactly. not if it's what not could military, possibly happen? You're black. That's a traumatic exactly. experience. Like, it's mm-hmm. a lifelong thing. It is. Um, absolutely. It's, um, sorry, I was trying to read something, but yeah, that's a traumatic experience enough. And I feel like it's these conversations and just being open about things that are happening in your life. I think a lot of times when shit starts happening is when everyone kind of closes off, it they is. shut down, absolutely. like, and that's just a natural reaction. And it's while you can't, Mm-hmm. And while you can't make your friends open up, I feel like if you uh, 99% of the time just a check in on what's happening, like I try to do that. I know I do that with Kiki and I check in with Cam and DeAndre and I are in so many of the same chats anyway. But, <laughs> um, but just knowing that someone's going through some some crazy shit and just being there to be like, hey, you good? Like, I know I can't do much, but Right, and then just being there, like for long term, like kind of will tend to open up that line of communication to what actually went further back instead of just like right then. Exactly. Yeah, I was actually on the phone with one of my friends yesterday, um, one of my Pokemon friends, and (laughs) I literally just like word vomited my entire like life story <laughs> like i was like because i'm giving you bits and pieces of my day but you really need to understand like the last six years of my life mm-hmm. so <laughs> let me just give you this quick like overview um, <laughs> turns into like a whole college essay almost i oh, see I'm, I'm like the my my little sisters because i know how all of them came up so i know they've been through some bs and i know they deal with depression on and off. So mm-hmm. I always make sure I pop in and check up on them, make sure everything's going with, um, going well. Exactly. And honestly, even if they don't tell the truth, like the complete truth, like it, you it's can still, tell. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it still feels good to have, to know that someone gives a fuck. So like, even if I'm not giving you everything, it's like, well, thank you for letting me know you care. And that's mm-hmm. really the most important part in that situation. Um, you are appreciated for caring. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I lied to you, but, you know, I'm not completely okay. But, I, but you know, you, you checked in. You checked <laughs> in and you care. And that's a lot of times, though, you know, if someone is thinking about suicide or if someone is thinking of, like, this is it, like, 
you just can, that communication. See it. If you've if you've been in that mindset, you can see the signs. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely through their pictures, through their quotes, through how they yeah, interact yeah. in life. Like you can see it. Exactly. I can feel it. I'd be like, I know you lying to me. Yeah, like it sets off like an it sets off like an alarm for me. Like the second somebody's mannerisms are off, I'm just like, okay, something's not right here. Mm-hmm. You're you either you you're eventually going to tell me, or I'm just going to keep checking on you until you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know what? Let me just go ahead. Um one of the comments that came up is just about the troops, is that the they're viewed as just being so brave and highly um, like reverend that and some of them have been through nothing like but you know that's just that's not the right type of trauma that's not the trauma that that they're they're expecting you to have in order to have a, a mental health effects from it and that's the thing that kind of bothers me too like what defines like the like I hate when some like somebody brings up like, oh, that's not the type of trauma that fits that. Like, who sets the standard for that? Exactly. See, the thing that gets me about that whole comparison about them not believing black people can go through that type of trauma and then comparing it to the troops is like, okay, cool. So you view the hood as a war zone. They've seen people die. Mm-hmm. They've seen destruction around them. What is the difference? And one is not volunteered. One's not voluntary. Like their families happen to grow up there, and that's what they witness. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think that's something we didn't even touch on as far as um, just b- built-in black trauma is being raised in like the hoods. Being yeah, you're pretty much raised in a war zone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But nobody gives you the benefit of mental health, mental issues. Mm-hmm. Especially if there's like consistent police activity, SWAT activity in that same area, like on a consistent basis. Yes. If we wanted to compare that, that's like we're Afghanistan, but the troops are consistently monitoring monitoring us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) You made it to adulthood, though, right? You didn't die. It's these guys running around with guns that'll let them off on you at any given time, but you're fine. Exactly. Something Jamal just said, he said this is the same mindset they have when men say that they've been raped or touched inappropriately, which is absolutely the same. Yep. Yeah, like mm-hmm. men can't be raped. Like Men can't be emotional. Men can't be raped. Men, men can't be a lot of fun. Like, right. I had a woman joke about raping me at nine, and I never really spoke about it because I already knew how it would be interpreted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would definitely be. Well, you wouldn't you want it? Like, yeah, well, you know, it's an sex. older woman. Why wouldn't you want it? It's like, because it's so publicized. It's so publicized that like everybody wants it, but in reality, now, no, it's not even publicized that everybody wants it. It's hyper publicized that all guys want it. Oh, yeah, well, that all men viewed as hypersexual individuals, and that's not true. As like a sense of conquest, almost. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then it's it's just always I'm you know, I watch a lot of reality TV, right? So like it's always put out there that just men think about sex all the time and women mm-hmm. when they 
are in a relationship with a man who does not think about sex all the time, they then tend to feel bad about themselves because society told them that that's that's what men do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, when something happens and a man is raped, molested, um, whatever, and what have you, it they the men are always victim blamed like 100% of the time until you get a situation like um, like Johnny Depp. And even still, like, I'm not sure if he was raped or molested, but like just in general, the fact that his girlfriend was like cutting off his fingers and like <laughs> all this, like blamed time. him until he had proof otherwise. And then, they, and then his girlfriend still over like getting all this stuff. And then he's over here like losing roles but mm-hmm. she's just there, like, pro- still somewhat prominent. But everybody has the negative opinion of her, but elsewhere. Yeah. Nothing. So that's that's absolutely um, very true. And then, like I said, when I was telling my story, like, victim blaming in general is just another way to kind of gaslight trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to make it just so much worse. Like, so and now also- I have to fight and continue to tell this story because you don't believe me. And also being blamed for setting up the boundary, too. Like, if you set up the boundary, then then some people tend like, oh, it's your fault that you set that up. Like, no. Yeah. It's my response to something that how I how I was traumatized. So in that net, no way makes it my fault. Yeah. So whose fault it was was the person who did it. Yeah. And I think, that yeah, that was one of the, the signs of kind of having PTSD is like, do you ever feel guilty mm-hmm. or allow people to make you feel guilty for setting those boundaries or saying no? And I know saying no is something I struggle with a lot, to be honest. Like, I will do something or agree to something I absolutely do not want to do mm-hmm. um, solely because, yeah, my <laughs> inability to just be like, nah, I'm good. It's people like say it to me all the time. It's like the hardest thing to do, it. but then it's the most like, positive thing you could do exactly i was gonna gonna say um i don't know if any of y'all watch glee but that reminded me of the episode of when uh the new directions were in a show circle and Ryder was speaking about his uh his experience of being raped by his uh babysitter well not raped by uh but molested by his babysitter Mm -hmm. and all the dudes were like why do you have an issue with that? Like that was an older woman touching your junk. Like why would that bother you? And he got frustrated and gave up until Kitty was the only one that understood it because she had been through the same situation. Right. And honestly, it's so sad because there's so many men that I I've met in my lifetime that um, lost their virginity to a woman much older. And I'm, I don't know the percentages and I'm sure it's pretty high. Um, of just boys losing their virginity to essentially grown women or old enough teenagers that shouldn't have been messing with an 11-year-old or whatever the case may be. Um, but it's just, it's it's so normal <laughs> or normalized uh-huh. or kind of um, skated over that in, in society that it's... Um, it's it's disgusting and it's sad that so many men have that experience and just have to push forward and if they say something they're they're gay 
or they're, you know, whatever, because they were uninterested. Yep. And I'm so glad this generation has broken out of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Calling someone gay in general literally has just started becoming cancel culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Qualified. No homo. All of that really needs to go. <laughs> like, That's the only thing I really agree. Like, agree with cancel culture about. Like, okay, get get that out of here. Yeah, because your sexuality definitely doesn't like make or break who you are as right. a man, as a woman. You know, whatever. It, does, it, like, doesn't, it doesn't define you at all. Like, it doesn't change no. how you do things. It doesn't change how you do a job. It changes nothing. See, I view anybody using somebody's identity as a joke is the same white people that would defend menstrual shows. I'm sorry, you said what? What was the last part? I said I view anybody using anyone's identity as a joke is the same white people that would defend menstrual shows. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're right. Plus, so there's really nothing different. No, you're right. I um. It's funny. Yeah, I. I'm sorry, guys. I can't read and talk at the same time. I'm it's okay. a terrible person. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, as far as that goes, it's it's every day, and it's it's not just a black thing. I know that our uh, our podcast focuses on black experience, but a lot of this is just experiences and people um but i also feel like as black people we need a place to have a voice and a place where we can comfortably talk about what's happening in our lives and what's going on and put spotlight on it to other black people whose families have just told them that to get over it suck it up Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be um that they're they're not alone in what they're ha- in what's happening to them it's not abnormal they're not making it up they don't need to be gaslit <laughs> um that there's just there's a place there's a place where you can come there's a place where you can talk about it and there's a place where you can hear other people going through the same thing mm-hmm. so um that that's important to me and that's that's why this space exists and that's why this podcast exists is so that other black people can have this voice regardless of it the fact you know, if it's not a racial situation, it's an environment in which you can feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. As an HBCU graduate, I think that's very important. <laughs> so, my bad, guys. Sorry, I heard what y'all were talking about. I'm sorry. I was just. You're fine. <laughs> You're absolutely fine. Like I look you- over and there's a five year old with the fridge door right wide open. I'm like. <laughs> What What's going on here? <laughs> what are you doing? And he has this thing to where he kind of talks back. I'd be like, "What are you doing? I'm getting some water. What can you hurry up and get out the fridge?" But there's no water. Like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, ah. <laughs> first like, of all, just get some juice. I can't even fridge. imagine Ryan any older than he is because he's already he's already talking back like crazy. The other day, Jamal. <laughs> Jamal like took something from him and he said, No. I said no. Finger pointed and everything. I was like, he's like, don't touch it. 
<laughs> you are too. <laughs> it's just, it's like, just watching them get all mad. Look, sad. You Exactly. Bro, Jalen's five. And then Ryan's only, what, Ryan's three? Ryan's two. two. He's See, two. yeah. You, oh, and he's already, oh my gosh. Yeah, Rick. he's going to be a handful. I already know. <laughs> Call 1 800, don't talk back. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan is going to be all over the place. Because I just, like, about an hour ago, my son was on his iPad, <laughs> and all I heard was, Man, you trash. I was like, <laughs> First of all, who are you talking to? Let's start with that. Yeah, somebody made him mad on the game. They were cheating. He was like, man, you trash. You trash. I was like, Whoa. Hold on. I was like, did they make you mad? Yeah, because they trash. I was like, oh, okay, baby. Just calm down. <laughs> I, but I so, couldn't help but laugh. Like I know I was supposed to be like, "Don't say that," point. but it was just so funny. His face and everything. I was like, "Yeah, like <laughs> they they mean that, okay?" Whatever. No, they mean <laughs> what they say, bro. They mean it, like from the depths of their heart. They mean it. <laughs> they mean business. They mean business. <laughs> like, okay. but he gets it from me because, like, whenever I'm mad. I'd be like trash. Like so I, I just imagine that he, he got it for me. Like, you trash. Ooh, at least you say trash. I, I'd be like, no. <laughs> they get a lot of things for me. Trash I can't help it. I can't help it. Like, whole... bro, that's the only word I can say without cussing. Trash. Like <laughs> I get it. I'm saying I'd be cussing, right? And I got that's why I call a lot of people like, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people trash bags. So it's just like I try not to curse as much anymore, so it's just like trash bag one, trash bag two. <laughs> like, because I mean, that's what as far as you can go. Like, trash, bro. Trash. You are trash. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. say you you're know, in our house, Jamal's like, oh, always no, like, you're trash, bro. They smoke. <laughs> and we got to stop the kids from being like, you smoke. <laughs> that's why I said I'm trying. Like, the, I haven't cussed. That much. That's what I'm saying. That's great. That's great. We're still like, in the no stage of, Like right now, he's that. in the bathroom, and I'm like, me. "What are you doing?" Because I don't hear anything, bro. Like nothing <laughs> at all with the light on, bro. What are you doing? I don't. That's a telltale sign when they get quiet. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm never like. trust. I'm looking over quiet. there, but I'm like, he gonna come out in a towel talking about he took a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Like mm, with no water though. Why you no dry? Water at all. <laughs> what do you shower with the air? Yeah. <laughs> hey, go to. I'm gonna be like, go to bed, bro. Go to bed. <laughs> Just go to bed. Yeah, I had to. When I put Ryan down, I he started to cry. I was like, you did not have a nap today. Like you have no reason to be crying. And I was like, do you understand me? He's like, okay. All right, we'll go night night. <laughs> Like, like, okay, let's go bed. You're trying to bedtime, night night. Exactly. Like, you literally didn't take a nap at all. You're just you're just gonna sit here and cry. Like, I'm putting you to bed. Go to bed. You tired? <laughs> Good. And he's exactly just like crying because you tired. Like, okay. If, any, if anybody <laughs> told if anybody told me to go to bed and I was tired, I, there would be no question. Like, I'd just be gone. Like, say no, less. Anytime my grandma said go to bed, you said go to sleep. Psh, I'm there. <laughs> you said eat all my food. I'm there. I, like, I don't like, give no, no hesitation. Yes, I go to bed. Yes, I eat. <laughs> no hesitation. <laughs> oh, I get that. 
And sometimes it's like that, and other times it's no. I said no. I'm like, you're too. And I should not laugh, but my natural <laughs> reaction is like, did you Because you don't expect that? a two-year-old to be saying all that, and then once At they all. do, it's just like... It just be funny, though. Like I, It's like, as the mom, I know I'm not supposed to laugh, but bro, yeah. you funny. Like, that's like you you say, you're it's funny. Like... <laughs> Next time I have a straight face, and we gonna handle this appropriately. <laughs> Right, like, but this time you caught you caught me off guard. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. I just can't. That was funny. Don't do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Not funny, but it'd be funny. Like I can't help it. Like the next time my son says trash, I'm gonna try my hardest not to laugh. But bro, obviously you trash because what he says (laughs) goes. Exactly. (laughs) So just leave it. Yeah, Jamal's over here telling on me. He's like, I'd be straight faced the whole time. You busting out laughing. Every time it's just I don't expect it. Like, this is this is a lot of personality coming out of a three foot person. Like and that, it's beautiful <laughs> though. That's the beauty of it, because these little bodies have so much personality. Yeah. And it's like, I can't even get mad, bro. I can't even try I can't even because Look at you, your bundle of joy. Exactly. <laughs> That's the mixture of you and him, though. Like, bundle of joy that still hasn't came out the Exactly. And that's why it's so funny. Like, it's Jamal's face with my hair <laughs> and, like, sorry, skin complexion. <laughs> just, like, telling him off. <laughs> I just it's pictured it. That's why I laughed. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. But it um, so, like, just to circle back, you know, loop it back in. It reminds me of um, this quote that I had seen just at the time. Really was over last summer when, like, the, the um, Black Lives Matter protest was really happening around the world and everything else. Um, there was a quote that was just, like, it was pictures of a little boy, a little black boy, and it was, like, when do I become a threat? Like, at what age do I become a threat? And, like, sharing these stories about our children, these are the same stories that every parent has about their children, you know? Like, these are the same, like, things that their kids did. So it's, it's so, it's scary, it's sad, it's, it's eye-opening as a parent um, to just know the world that my children are going to have to deal with and like the weight that they're going to have to carry. Um, and the best I can do is carry as much of it as I can, as long as I can. And just not, you know, allow my kids to be kids, just not like put too much on them. I realized that sentence came out weird, but yes, allow them to be kids and <laughs> and not put too much of the weight of the world on their shoulders before you want to be able time. to embrace them for the future while still embracing their childhood. I got exactly. you. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, not everyone's raised the same way. And a lot of times I know, well, DeAndre and Cam, you guys have even said that you've had to help raise your siblings. I've never had that experience because my sister and I are four years apart and that's it. So I'm I didn't raise kids till I was raising my kids. Like yeah. so, you know, maybe like, you know, a boyfriend with a kid or something like that around, but I wasn't raising children until I was raising children. So I don't want to be in the in the position where I'm putting more responsibility on my child than they need to be carrying. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for whatever reason, and I blame no one for that and for, you know, I 
I can't speak on behalf of your lives, but at the end of the day, I just, I don't want that for my kids because I know what they're going to have to carry as an adult. And I know the type of stress I'm going to go through once they're out of my house. Because <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's like they've been, once a child has been burdened with more than what they can handle, it really, it alternates the way that they think, exactly. the way that they do things. Oh, so impressionable. Their brain is still growing. Like, I mean, yeah, as an adult, we can't handle most of this shit. So like for a child who hasn't even fully developed mentally, to have to take Ooh. on adult level responsibilities, adult level stress. I it, can't. <laughs> like, yeah. And uh, it actually tends to like force them to grow up to extra way faster. Like you can't like a lot of them don't have childhoods for if they're put in that situation, then they have to mature faster. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And like I was blessed to have a, a a good childhood and I want my children to have a good childhood. Like I want them to have those positive memories. Um, and to be able to enjoy being a kid. Yeah. Yes. Because I miss being a kid. Like I want my son. And to I like, keep Man. telling exactly. And I keep telling Izzy that like at eight she wants to be an adult so bad. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you no, don't. Enjoy being, enjoy being a kid. <laughs> it's ghetto. Okay. Adulting is horrible. I and then you can't go back. There is no going back. Like there's no rewind button, baby. It's no. here. We here. You're gonna <laughs> move here. like fifteen a... to sixteen years of like good childhood enjoy that yeah there was a video i was i tiktok i was watching um about a few months ago and it was somebody saying like adulthood is the worst hood that they've ever lived in but, <laughs> exactly. but take me back to childhood because we don't pay bills <laughs> tiktok don't lie yeah, TikTok right. don't lie uh, at least a lot of people speak on uh kids being like so happy i was like it's real easy to do when you got no responsibilities. Exactly. And like, well, all you gotta do is wake up, listen to a couple rules, eat, don't, don't crap on yourself. It's a real easy <laughs> life. To I be just happy don't with. understand these like people that I went to high school with. I can't wait to do this and do that. And they got seven kids now, and then they running around like a headless chicken. And I'm like, interesting. Now, what was that about? You couldn't wait till <laughs> right. Like... Oh, okay. You got seven Yikes. of them things, baby. <laughs> seven of them. That's crazy. Hey, that's all I'm like, I, I'm, I got one right now. You know, we're going to work on the other two, but yeah. Let me have this one. The one, <laughs> the one thing that Jamal and I kind of always talk about because um, obviously, so Izzy is his daughter from previous relationship. Julian's my son from a previous relationship. We have Ryan together. So Ryan is the only child that we have direct and utter and complete control over how his childhood looks and what his memories will be. You know what I mean? It's We don't have any control over what happens outside of our home. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately... Fortunate, unfortunately, um, you know, our other two children are not always in our home. So um, while we can provide as many memories as we can provide for them right now, we know that Ryan is a direct reflection of how we are as parents. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, having that extra pressure and stress as quickly as he's growing, because it's like, didn't I just have you? Like, <laughs> didn't you fit here? And now you're like, half of me like he's over three feet tall i'm five two yeah. like he's literally yeah. <laughs> they, they really have a chance 
I don't have what any chance of ever being taller. Yeah. Like quick, just quick. So no. um <laughs> last time I saw my sister, I literally was just like I remember being able to like swat like swaddle her and everything. And then the what like she was almost up to my stomach. And then I was just like, I, I'm like, I need you to shrink. I know you're yeah. nine years old, but I need I need you to shrink to the point where I can like where I can pick you up and but do go back to whatever whatever else I was doing because I am not comfortable with this. I no, really I'm wish. right there with you because I remember I had I had all of my siblings on every uh limb of my body at one point and now they're all looking at me eye to eye and I'm like I'm not ready for this. Exactly. <laughs> she yeah, probably I'm gonna be, be the short mama walking around because like, okay. I'm only five foot and this baby comes to he's literally above half of me like I, and i don't know where it's coming from because everybody in my family is short that's <laughs> like i don't know what he's getting this hype from i don't <sighs> yeah that's funny i actually everybody yeah. in my family is on the taller side i i had back surgery before i hit puberty so i've been the same height for since i was 12. Uh, <laughs> she said since i was 12. i've been the same height <laughs> It's okay. I'm right there with you. Like I stopped growing in seventh grade. I don't know why. I thought yeah. I was supposed to stop growing when I turned 21, but apparently <laughs> somebody lied because <laughs> I grew since seventh grade. That's why we call Ryan Snuggles. That's why his nickname is Snuggles. If you ever hear us refer to him as Snuggles, because we just know that he's going to be like six four, like two fifty, and we're still going to call him Snuggles. He's just like, Mom, <laughs> Dad. What's wrong, Snuggles? And then, and then he's just going to be looking down at you like, seriously? Like, exactly. for real. <laughs> Come on, Snuggles. Like, Let's go. <laughs> like, that's why you got to enjoy it while he's little. Early. We're telling our friends, like, everybody, that's what you're going to be known by, baby. You're going to be Snuggles. snuggles. But, uh, on the but, back of your football jersey, whatever else you choose to it's do. It's going to have Snuggles. <laughs> Exactly. But at least I'm paying like a, for it. That's the name. You have like a funny wedding story, funny uh, story to tell, like a wedding reception or something. Like, why do you call him Snuggles? Exactly, because we just know. We know he's already tall. Like Julian's five. Well, he'll be five in January, and Ryan's maybe five inches shorter than him. Like they're they're neck and neck. He wears his clothes. It's like he's he's gonna he's gonna be yeah. He's gonna be something. Yeah, yeah. So we we knew it. We called it early, and we started telling everybody to call him Snuggles. (laughs) (laughs) And that's gonna be get on the trend, okay? (laughs) Jump on the Snuggles Snuggles train. Exactly. Um, but yeah, does anybody have any kind of closing things they want to talk about? Anything we didn't talk about that you want to mention? Yeah. No, you guys think we did a good job this week. <laughs> hey, I feel I I feel better. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's the point. That's the point. That's the whole goal. Exactly. And to make money, but you know, first part. We're still working on that part. We're still working Just share on this that. to your friends. I'm gonna drop the um the Spotify link. Share that too so that they know okay, that you're yeah. here. I got a whole Facebook. <laughs> Like exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and then that's when the money part comes in. That and then the merch. I dropped the link earlier. I'm gonna drop it later. I, I think you like. I really need you guys to hold on. 
now that I know I can screen share. Did you drop it in um, Messenger or what did you drop it? I dropped it on the this chat, but I I got you, girl. And you also um, shared it on your Facebook too. I yeah, so. I shared it on my Facebook. I'm about to screen share again and kind of show you everyone who's watching. I'm really proud of of my stuff. <laughs> All right. So we have t-shirts and hoodies. You guys see this, right? Um, I, mean, I didn't see the hoodies before. Yeah, girl, need a new, need some new clothes anyway. So. <laughs> There's hoodies and tank tops and all types of stuff. There's stickers. Is that a phone um, case? Yes, there's phone cases. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like everybody's sold in the phone case. Right. Um, there's masks. Oh and a mugs. Oh mask. Okay. Yeah. There's pins and <gasps> water mugs or you know, travel mugs, water bottles. There's journals. Journal? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I get excited. Like, I sound like a little girl. I'll be screaming. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's okay. I mean, you know, you were a oh, little girl at some point. Oh. Yeah, so there's a bunch of different stuff. Check it out. I'm super excited that um, I got this done this week. Um, we got, we even got our first sale, like, the day after I put it together. I was, I was pretty excited. Um, you know, we made a smooth $2, so... <laughs> Getting up there, you know. Exactly. Two dollars more than you didn't have before, so. Exactly. <laughs> Got the whole set going on. I can get a backpack, hoodie, and a mug. <laughs> exactly, girl. And there, and and there's afterpay. Okay, so exactly. <laughs> My best friend, you feel me? <laughs> afterpay. I'm like, so we can split this up into four payments. Okay, okay. No, for real. It's Christmas time. <laughs> I can treat myself without going overboard. <laughs> no, for real. Because me, I'll go overboard and be like, I knew I shouldn't have. Girl, yeah, that's me on Sheen. That's me on Fashion Nova. Like, all of it. Um, Savage Fenty. They all got after paying. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's always like the, it's always like those things where you, like, you feel good about it. And then you're just like, you see like how much money you have at the end. I'm just, so just let like, me tell you how I shop, Cam, on these apps. I go through for like a smooth week every day and just put it in my cart and then when i'm ready to purchase i then open said cart which has far more than i'll ever be able to fathom spending in one sitting um i then go through and i delete everything that's no longer in my size and then i decide <laughs> what because it sat there for too long <laughs> <laughs> and then I go through and I decide what of That's these things I, I, I like the most. And I go back. And, and then oh. um, once I've decided that this is $100 I'm going to spend today, Afterpay pops up in the corner talking about, girl, you want to just pay $25 today and get it all? <laughs> yes, I do, actually. Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, can't <laughs> I don't have the patience for that. Like, I'll put it in my cart, then immediately, like, okay, pull the cart out. Like no. right then and there. The best part of like the Sheen app is that wherever I left off, it opens right back up to that place. I appreciate that. I hate Amazon. Hate when it when it resets and now I have to go back to page thirty five of the clothes I was oh, already looking geez. at. I love that about Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little terrified of afterpay because I know my luck. Like I'll get a bunch of clothes and then I have like one hundred paid right there. And then I have to do a bunch of other stuff. And I was like, oh, well, now you can't get the rest of this stuff because you still got to get 300 more. It's like, oh, fuck. Mm, but you get your stuff. I, they'll just... All they'll just... Christmas lists off Amazon. You feel me? Like, 
Exactly. And I, I put you off on thrifty base, but we'll talk about that later. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you guys so much for, for joining us. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, uh, like I said, this, this month is a heavy month, um, but I appreciate everyone who comments, listens, um, gets back to us later and just kind of, you know, lets us know, like, sis, you doing a good job. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so um, I think you're doing it. amazing. Thank you, baby. <laughs> um, we appreciate that. And I appreciate you, Kiki and Cam, for coming on, um, sharing your stories. It's never easy to share your story out loud, but I think it's also very healing to share your story out loud. So we, I appreciate what we speak on behalf of DeAndre and Shaq. Like, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you opening up. Um, and like, as far as PTSD goes, like letting people know that it's not just military that matters, not that military PTSD doesn't matter, but it happens to us every day. People are going yes. through things every day and it haunts them every day. So um, you're not alone. And there's so many other people out here just like you. Mm -hmm. So that is my parting message is <laughs> just um, keep your head up and and know that, that we're here. And you're you know, one of my friends. My DMs are open. <laughs> mine are not, but I'll help you with certain issues. <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> Well then. <laughs> Good to know. Just, we went, we went like, from one end of the spectrum to the other. I'm like that quick. Cam, were you gonna say something? Oh no, I was just saying um like the first part after you said the um like your party message and I was saying sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> for like for like after your parting message, I was saying you matter as like a follow-up oh. to your initial message. And then once DeAndre said what he said, I was like, we went from one extreme to the other, like within like 20 <laughs> seconds. Right. And then I, I don't know if you guys can see Jamal's comments, but he too is over here. Comment. I mean, I'm seeing two husband. comments pop up. <laughs> I don't even see comments. Right, right. The ones that you brought up. My DMs are open during business hours. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Jamal, stop cussing on all these comments. Jamal! <laughs> They're, they're open during business hours. Um, once the sun goes down, I can respond to you. You are no longer around. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, apparently. I I froze. The, boss, the boss lady has left the building. That is the phrase. When the sun goes down, out. you are no longer around. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> sun's when the sun's down, I'm packing up. Exactly. <laughs> when the sun oh, there's that one braid gone back. But, Jamal uh, said he said what he said. You stop all that cussing. <laughs> okay. Y'all stop us before we get started, Jamal. We can't get sniped. <laughs> I'm frozen. I'm not here. <laughs> I didn't hear nothing. Like when the phone's messing up. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're we're breaking up. We're breaking, we're up. breaking what? up. What'd you say? I can't hear you. I'm gonna call you back. But to be back on topic, uh, Key, thank you for sharing your story. 
even though it might seem minor, it's motivating to everybody else to speak up about it. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm happy that I could. And honestly, hey, still working over it. But you know what? That's okay. You're, you're taking the steps to get through it. Yeah. That's the most important part. Taking it one day at a time. That's all we can do. Exactly. Absolutely. And this little booger is helping me get there each and every day. Mm-hmm. It's like my, he was he was my partner, you know. It's my partner forever and always. And I, you know, I do what I can to take what I can off of him. Put it all on me. Don't put it all on my baby. That's that's exactly, all exactly. And I know I said that last week with depression. I just kind of just dove into being a parent and getting lost in the chaos of of my kids and that reality helps with everything else because baby yes (laughs) (laughs) it's a blessing in itself yes it really is it's a struggle but it's a blessing (laughs) because i'm about to tell him to go to bed (laughs) he's about to go to bed i love him but he's bad no i get it I get it. That's why I wake up early. It's my quiet time. I can't stay up too late, but I wake up early. Yeah, I'm going to eat some Reese's Puff. <laughs> but yeah. Enjoy the bowl of cereal. <laughs> Thank you guys again. Thank you for you know being here. I will mention that next week we will be starting at 9 p.m. instead of 8.30. Um, you know, so look out for us being on a little bit later. And that's about it. 8 p.m. 8 p.m. your time, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, 8 p.m. your time. Um, so, yes, thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of Unapologetically Black, Never Broken, Always Empowered. And we look forward to uh, seeing you next week. Have a good night. Good night.